You? Yeah, not too bad. Sunday morning now. Yeah, uh, it's not a boozy one. No. Are you uh, hanging? I'm. I'm not actually it's too not bad. An easy one. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've like I've been on the piss about three weeks, so my body's kind of got used to it now. So I can't remember what time I got in last night. But, uh, I think it's probably about ten. I think something like that. But that's not late. Yeah, but I've been drinking. I went. I I basically went to the gym. Oh, that's what I drank. And then past, I went. Yeah. yeah, went. So I had two pints in the pub then. So what's whatever time that was. So what, you went to the gym about half two. Nah, about half three. Half two, like half that. three. So, <laughs> so you went to the gym. Yeah. And then left the gym, went to the pub. Straight away. It's my routine now. It's my routine. It's kind of like my plan. Basically, gym, pub, and then home. But then today I went. Yesterday, sorry, I went gym, pub, home, straight out, back to the pub. So uh, in Sutton, yeah, to watch the Villa game. Which was shit. Was it? Yeah. I don't really follow football, so I've got to clear. Don't matter. Shit, anyway. I just got pissed up instead. Did you carry on drinking when you got in at 10 o'clock? I can't remember. But you feel a bit ropey now. I don't feel that bad, like I say. I, I, I think I've got used to it now. I'm turning into an alky. <laughs> you mean turning? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing, though. When you, It's easy to do, because if you start really going for the booze, it's like if you're on holiday or something for two weeks, and then you have the first day, you have your fill. The next day, you can... You can have a little bit more, and yeah. then the third day more and more. And then tolerance the gets better, doesn't it? Yeah. The next thing you know, you're just you're having to drink vast quantities just to <laughs> <laughs> just to keep yourself going. Yeah, that's why all inclusive holidays are good. Yeah, because yeah. they encourage that type of behaviour. Well, that's what it is. They really it? do. When they say, when they say, you know, free booze from like ten a.m. to ten at night. You know what I mean? How can that not be, you know, encouraging you to drink? It's a slippery slope. What they should do is go. You're allowed. Like, I don't know, some sort of stamp. You're allowed two drinks every nah, two hours. No, no, no. To, nah, nah. I'd to encourage responsible drinking, everyone. No, that goes against everything I believe in. Yeah. I believe that you should make your own decisions and it's up to you whether you want to be responsible or not. Mm. It's dodgy, though, because if you get up on one of these old days... Yeah, but if th- those all-inclusive ones, like you have a fucking something like like a Malibu. It's not Malibu, because I don't drink that. I'm just just popped into my head and it's called like Malaku yeah. and it's like some really dodgy one or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- it's made local, out of like cat's piss local drinks only Cas- cat piss, piss and uh, coconuts but mate it gets you kind yeah and it's brilliant and then they mix it with cookie coca cola yeah instead of coca cola pokey cola yeah but the thing is though, <laughs> you get up in the morning you have your breakfast do whatever you do walk on a beach and then uh, you sit down by the pool to like a million degrees it's great and then uh, you're chilling out and it's like half nine in the morning, yeah. and the bar's open, yeah. and you're like, "Well." One uh, one of my ex girlfriends, when I went on holiday with her, um, I went to the bar and got two tequilas, right? Because I was get they knew us by that point, you know what I mean? So it looked like I was getting her one and me one about ten in the morning, two drinks, because they allowed you to have lots of one and a shot each sort of thing. And uh, I went down and sat down and gave her her little drink, which I don't know what it was, I can't remember. And I had the two tequila, and she looked at me and went, "You're fucking disgusting, you are." <laughs> I just went, I just looked at her and went, "What? I'm on holiday." Yeah, you know what I mean, mate. It, if I want two tequilas at ten in the morning, I'll have two tequilas at ten in the morning. Well, it it can get extreme. It can get really like people let them like just go for it. They mm. just go mad. They do things that they don't usually like. When I was I was on uh, an all inclusive holiday, I think it was in it was in Cuba this week. It was a really fucking posh place. I was surprised. That I th- honestly thought we were in the wrong like hotel. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. This is wrong. 
there's no way they're going to let me in here. <laughs> but when we were having, um, after a couple of a few days, you get used to talking to the barman and <clears throat> yeah, having a chat with them. And this geezer behind the bar was saying, there's a bloke over there. He says, you British people drink shitloads. I was like, what? I don't know, just, just, I don't know, we're just idiots, maybe we do. And he says, that geezer over there, he's a, he's a, he's a short geezer, short fat geezer, bit of a, <laughs> bit of a, a know-it-all by the sounds yeah. of it. He was quite, he's quite loud around the pool. And he was saying to me, that bloke over there, he says, drinks, like, you, you would be, you've never seen anything like it. Says, you've never seen anything like this. He <laughs> says, how long have you got? I went, well, I'm here for two weeks. He said, wait at the bar an hour. Just have a couple of drinks, or when you see him come over, come over. So I did, and I waited, and I timed in. I went to the bar, and um, I'm not joking. He, he wanted like a vodka and tonic or something like that, and he, he had his own plastic glass. Plastic <laughs> glass. <laughs> Bring his own glass. Yeah, yeah, he bought his own cup, basically. <laughs> I want more, so basically, he, so I get a bigger and cup. And it was like, um, you know, like, you used to go to, like, um, like the cinema, and you'd get, like, these massive... Like two pinter, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. things like, like a German, like Foot. a German um, mug thing, <laughs> full of yeah. Ma- massive. But it was transparent. It's like a th- would that be th- like thirty-two ounces or, or sixty-four and, ounces? It's like a. Slurpee. I know what you're on about. Yeah, one of those ones you get like like you say at the cinema or something, and it's just fucking huge. Yeah, it's yeah. Like and he um he got one and he got one of them and he'd fill it literally half full with ice and then the, and then obviously this is the barman and he was like looking at me trying to get my attention. And he, he got him, he poured some tonic in. He must have poured like half, and literally nothing of tonic <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Opened the vodka and just went and turned the bottle upside down and just was looking at me across the bar, just filling it up. <laughs> just go, what the fuck? He yeah. must have had over half a bottle of vodka in this one drink. Yeah. And he says he has one of them an hour. He just keeps coming back. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> he had been there for two weeks and I'd been there. And he extended his holiday for another week just <laughs> so he could. <laughs> <on there. laughs> Mate, so you can carry on drinking. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh fuck it, hell! Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I was like, my, you, you are an act. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's nuts. That's that's ridiculous. Two of them, and I'll be in hospital, yeah. some Cuban hospital somewhere, and my stomach pumped. <laughs> Unbelievable. I need to do uh, a few. So I need to say hello to a few people on the uh, Facebook. Um, I need to say to Jay, Adam, Mike, Philip, Jack, Joseph, Sophie, John, Steve, and Wayne. Hello, people. How you all doing? Thanks for getting involved. Adam, your T-shirts and stickers are waiting. I think you've spoke to Rob about it. Yeah. When you messaged me, I was on the piss, so I couldn't really sort it out. Probably sent you a a message back about random autocorrects. That's what you usually do. Yeah, I'm good at that. Uh, I'm I'm good at the drunk texting. I'm very good at that. (laughs) So, yeah, just just come and grab it whenever you want, mate. And Captain Sparrow, we've not forgot you, mate. We're just trying to rally the troops. So if anybody wants T-shirts, I think Rob's got a good idea. You, what you're going to say about eBay or something like that? Yeah, I'll stick a few um, on eBay so people can just buy them off that. Um, it might be, it's going to be easier than um, obviously getting addresses through the website and all that, you know what I mean? But because um, obviously once they pay, it comes up with the email, it, um, the yeah, house yeah, address yeah, yeah. and all that, doesn't it? So I'll, I'll probably do that at some point um, the next few weeks. We'll, we will be doing another shirt order soon because yeah. we haven't hardly got any left, and that's when Sparrow, you'll get your t shirt. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's might even change colours. We don't know. We can yeah, we mix can fuck it up. around if we wanna. I tell you what though, because I've been going to the gym, wearing at the gym, and it's they're bang on for gym gym wear. So if any if any of you <laughs> buffs out there, robots for gym robots wear. for our gym wear. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's really good. Get involved because they're, they're, they're quite like sort of uh, quite sort of baggy sort of t-shirts in a way. So they're quite handy for like the gym and stuff. Mm, mm. Well, that's only because that was a test of size. Obviously, we'll change the size. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we well, well, that was the first go. It's like a prototype, yeah. wasn't it? So prototypes like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're just, you know, we're just working through it and working it out. So cool. cool. As always, the Mighty Crack Cushions on Facebook, 
Etsy, Instagram. Wallet uh, by a Kim Jong Un cushion for your grand for Christmas. Why so not? Be a brilliant Do you know what? That'd be great. I, I think that'd be brilliant. Why not? Yeah. Go check out Gledlack. <laughs> Fucking here we go. This is what happens when it's Sunday morning. I didn't even have that many to drink last night. I'm already stumbling on words. I tell you what, it's because we're not drinking now. If we were drinking now, we'd sound very professional, very. Uh, it does level things very up. Very British. Okay. <laughs> Go check out deadglassdesign.com for all your miniature sculpture requirements. Yes, man. <laughs> so yeah, check them out. Uh, Lower than bones band on Facebook, Bandcamp, and everywhere else you can find them on the into Google. Uh, yeah, check all them people out. They're very talented. Have you got any weird stories? Let us know. Have you ever had a fist fight with a Bigfoot? I mean, if you have, do you mean literally a big foot, a just big someone's foot, well, he, which is massive? Either either the uh, the cryptoid Bigfoot or a Bigfoot. If you've had a fight with either one of them, I want to know. To be honest, I'd like to know someone who's got a foot one foot twice the size of the other. If you've got yeah, like a size five and a size ten. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Imagine go. I, I'd want to go to the pub with him every time because <laughs> you could be like walking into the pub and you'd be like, "Has anyone noticed yet?" No, no one's noticed yet. I bet it takes a couple of minutes for people to notice again. What the fuck you is going on? You wouldn't be able, you'd know, man. Walk. I'd just have that smile on my face, like, come on, everyone, come on. <laughs> you'd walk like a weirdo, wouldn't you? Um, All your mechanics would be out. You'd have I one suppose. foot. I suppose. Would, would your muscles be bigger as well? Yeah, you'd have like a giant leg. You Would, would you have, yeah, would your muscle calves be bigger? I don't know. It's I a re- strange one. I reckon, that it, I don't reckon that you'd be able to walk if you had one giant foot. I, I reckon you could. <clears throat> uh, well... Possible, so <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I reckon you could. It's just it, you might, like you say, you might have like a weird, like little hobble or something. I don't know. Let us know if you've got a, if you've got a if giant you, foot. If you've got it. one foot twice the size of the other, then please contact us. <laughs> on Robots for Eyes at gmail dot com. Yeah. <laughs> you can join our Facebook at Robots for Eyes Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at Robots for Eyes Podcast, and we're on Twitter uh, at Robots for Eyes. If you haven't already, leave us a review on iTunes, like Adam did. Thanks, mate. Cheers, man. Really helps us out. So if you listen regularly, which many people do, leave us a fucking review, you losers. Yeah. Thanks to Hannah for the sticker design. We've got a few left, so if you want some, we send them out free of charge because we're nice guys. Yeah. Um, I well. Think <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Nice-ish guys. We just give stuff for free. Well, to be honest, we're just collecting your address so we can, w- when we find out you're on holiday, we're just going to come around and rob you, basically. Little black book, yeah. Yeah. We've got, little, we've got all your addresses written down right now. Yeah. We're ready for you. Jesus Christ. Sinister. Well, we might as well be, you know what I mean? We talk about murderers and weird shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> Should we get on with an episode? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Bang! Today, if you haven't already realised, which you probably have because you've seen the episode uh, title, <laughs> yeah. we downloaded it, but we're going to have a look at the the death of Dr. David Kelly da, da, da. and all the possibly the, the innocence around it. You well, mean. it may be. It may be. It was, you know, we'll go through the uh, the inquiries, the official inquiries set up by the uh, the Labour government mm. into the findings. Bollocks. Yeah. So uh, we will have a look. <coughs> Bollocks. Make your own choice and make your own mind up. So on uh, the 20th 
of March 2003, the Allied forces attacked and invaded Iraq. The war was sanctioned because of claims from Tony Blair's government that Iraq had biological weapons of mass destruction and, if the order was given, could hit the UK and many other places within 45 minutes, killing, you know, or causing damage and maiming a lot yeah, of yeah. people. Fucking everyone up. I think my beard's scratching on the mic, I need to move away. Um, so yeah, it, it sounded like it was raining. It was one of them. It wasn't raining, it was just my face. So it was, not it? Sounds <laughs> like it's raining slightly. Carry on. So, if you have listened to the show for any period of time, which you, know, you probably have, you'll be aware that sometimes when something happens on the global stage, and in fact, most times, really, the people who are directly involved have a totally different perspective that directly opposes the official line given to us by, by governments. Yeah. It's quite a common thing, that is. But yeah, pe- they, they, the government will change things just slightly, or even a lot, just to try and get their way won't they, on certain subjects. Or it's your interpretation of an event. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose, yeah. I suppose they they see it differently to how everyone else would see things. It's your spin on it, I suppose. Yeah. And this could be this could be uh, an example of that. But I don't think it is, yeah. in all fairness. So, but people love to make bullshit up. So let's just have a look at a subject we've covered in previous episodes. We're going to have a briefly look at Operations Northward, which was a, a document that showed that the US government was willing and had plans to ha- hijack their own airliners and crash them into buildings in Miami, along with other locations in the US, and blame it on Fidel Castro and Cuba. This was going to fire at the population, obviously, uh, and um, it would sort of almost rally the troops. It would get the public on the government's side in justifying an attack uh, and, and basically going to war with Cuba. Uh, you know, they, they could cite their own defence following the, you know, the, the hijacking atrocities. Yeah. But thankfully, this didn't happen. The document proving this was a plan came from the US government, so we know it was real. Yeah, These they, were they've f- admitted it. Yeah, it was official uh, documents and FOIs that we that I, I saw this. If it was carried out, there were people in the know outside the government who would have exposed it for what it was, and it would have been. I mean, there's no other way of describing it, but a false flag attack perpetrated by the US government on its own people mm. as a guise to attack Cuba, and you know. Not the the main goal of it, but ultimately kill innocent people yeah. on nothing but a lie. It was a real plan given to the president who refused it. So they wouldn't do that again, would they? You don't think they'd do that? Mm. I mean, they didn't do it then. They wouldn't do it. No, surely they just they just thought about it. Obviously, they didn't. They weren't going to ever do it. It's far fetched. They wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Because that's what you do when you, when you think of something. You never think, oh, maybe I'll do that one day or not. Oh, exactly. So it seems completely out of the realm of possibility that that could happen, but it's not. The Gulf of Tonkin, uh, back in the day, was an attack by the Vietnamese on US warships that led to the Vietnam War, which ultimately caused the death of 1.1 million North Vietnamese and Viet Cong fighters, 250,000 South Vietnamese soldiers, 58,000 US troops, along with countless civilian casualties, hundreds of thousands, who did nothing. The total, total number of the casualties is, pr- is probably several million. It's, de- it's over a million, mm. but nobody really knows what the real number is. But what we do know is the attack by the Vietnamese on the US warships that provoked the US response and ultimately the war didn't happen. Fact, it was a lie. It didn't occur. Yeah. They were never attacked. They said that they were just to, s- to spin yeah. it there in their favour so they could attack. That's a true conspiracy. Obviously, that's something we'll have to cover. Um, Loss of life is is shitty no matter where you're from. 
people are people, and the military are just are just finding following orders. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's, they get told what to do, and I'm afraid they they have to follow through. Yeah. No, no matter if they say you need to blow up a load of civ- civilians, they could, if they sat back and went, nah, that, that's still happening. You anyway. have to do some what of, you're told. some of the part of the military will still do it. Yeah, you have to. Well, you have to. I mean, and obviously, you get shot or something, wouldn't you? But so. th- this wasn't the Americans' people idea. This isn't, no. the, you know, the, the people of America. Once again, it's a small number of people at the top doing this, not the people. We're not hating America. We're not hating on you. Come give us a hug. Mm. You know what I mean? But government's lie, no matter what country you, you're in, uh, and civilians have to live with what the people they elected perpetrated. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. You elected a guy in, and he says he's going to do something, and he actually does something else, which is horrific. You've elected him in. Yeah, he's he's yeah. You've you've you literally have called him in. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's not good. That's why there there is outcries when things are not quite what they seem. Now, Dr. David Kelly, he was a Welsh scientist, an expert on biological warfare. He was a weapons inspector with the United Nations Special Commission in Iraq before the war. He was a truly internationally recognised British authority on biological weapons. In 2003, he had an off-the-record discussion with a BBC journalist called Andrew Gilligan about the British government's report on weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Gilligan reported and broadcasted some of the details from that conversation on BBC Radio 4, the Today programme. And using the miracle of editing, you should hear the man explaining what happened Right about now. On the 29th of May 2003, a story broke, questioning the Blair government's arguments for war. This would go on to send shockwaves through the British establishment. Andrew Gilligan, a BBC reporter back in Britain from Iraq, reported live at 6.07am on BBC Radio 4's Today programme that a news source had told him that a dossier about the military capabilities of Iraq was made sexier in the week before its publication, in order to support the argument for going to war with the country. Central claim in his dossier, which he published in September, the main um, case, if you like, against uh, against Iraq, and uh, the main statement of the British government's belief of, of what it thought Iraq was up to. And um, what we've been told by um, one of the senior officials in charge of um, drawing up that dossier was that um, actually the government probably... Um, knew that that 45-minute figure was wrong even before it decided to put it in. What um, this person said was that a week before the publication date of the dossier, um, it was actually rather um, a, a, a bland production. It didn't, um, the, the draft pre- prepared for Mr. Blair by the intelligence agencies actually didn't say very much more than, um, than was public knowledge already. And um, uh, Downing Street... Uh, our source says ordered a week before publication ordered it to be sexed up to be made more exciting. The source of this story was the UN and British Ministry of Defence Weapons Inspector, Dr. David Kelly. Eventually, it was confirmed that Dr. David Kelly had been the source for BBC journalist Andrew Gilligan's story. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Gilligan, Gilligan also claimed that his source, Dr. David Kelly, uh, had named Alistair Campbell, yeah. who was Tony Blair's communications director, as the man behind the false claims in the dossier. Uh, this pretty much meant that the UK government knowingly bent the truth to suit their goals. Essentially, the Prime Minister was responsible, through his communications chief, Alistair Campbell, of lying to Britain 
and the world in order to join the Americans in war. Mm. It's shady, isn't it? Yeah. It's really shady. It makes you think, doesn't it? Like, whose idea was it? Is it something to do with the Americans putting, saying something like, if you don't help us, we'll do something, you know, not not obviously bomb you or anything. But I like, just think they wanted Or do you think they just, they just went, come on, <coughs> just just make something up and help us? Uh, yeah, I... There was clearly, an, uh, clearly. Well, if we if we're to believe what that this this happened because of how we're going to explain it, the reason why it happened, the reasons why they went in. Why did they want to get rid of Pac-Man Poo staying anyway? I don't know. It's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? I don't think. I don't. Uh, I know he was a bit of a, a tyrant, but like he he didn't really ha- like 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 we're going to say he was not really much of a threat to anyone else. And a few people would. He go was mi- just a, just a cunt to his own people, wouldn't they? But yeah. there's a lot of people like that in, in all these countries. So yeah. why aren't we going in and fucking him over as well? Well, he, because it's all bollocks. That's why he was a, he was a cunt. And um, but but the country, more importantly, the country and the population of Iraq had a a country that operated a stable country. Mm. You know, it, it yeah, he had it, he had it under the, under his thumb, didn't they? In yeah, a way, yeah, it was a better place then under him than it is now. Well, anyway, the claim and the argument for going to war was that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction that he could, that if, if given the order, could could hit the UK w- within 45 minutes and, and, you know, fucking us up, mm. as, as old Gilligan said in that soundbite. Um, Dr. David Kelly said that the report was sexed up. In other words, he was saying that they are lying to justify a reason for invading Iraq. Whatever the reason, true reason is, this isn't it. This, yeah. is, this is not... This isn't the reason why we got to do it. He said it had been exaggerated and tailored to meet their military goals. Now, Kelly's name was made public by the MOD, and it was reported that he was Gilligan's source of information regarding these claims. And because of this, he was called to appear on the 15th of July 2003 at a Parliamentary Foreign Affairs Select Committee that was set up to investigate the issues that the journalist Andrew Gilligan had reported, because this is some serious shit. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah, big time, yeah. This is serious shit. They've got an, an expert saying that it, this that is y- a... Your, yeah, your government's lying yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. So And then, then the government go, well, come and explain. But we're already at war yeah. at this point. Yeah. So Kelly was put under immense pressure <coughs> and questioned at length about what he said. Uh, this, like, like we're saying, this is serious shit. A war claim to be, you know, justified... Claimed to be justified on, on really a, a lie. He'd rattled the establishment properly yeah. because he'd exposed it. It's important to remember that even though he was under heavy scrutiny at the time, he was smiling and even cracked a few jokes during the questioning. If David Kelly, an expert in these fields, was telling the truth about the report being fabricated, as well as other experts were doing, the war that was raging at the time could amount to a criminal act, a mm. war crime. Two days after the Foreign Affairs Select Committee questioning, he was found dead, slumped against the base of a tree after apparently taking his own life whilst out on a walk on the 17th of July, 2003. He'd slit his left wrist. He was an employee of the MOD at the time. So what do you think about that straight off the bat? Well, there's no reason for him to do it because he's basically said he was going to expose it and, and talk about it. Um... Why would you say that and then then top yourself? Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You just wouldn't say anything at all, would you? You know what I mean? If you know what I mean, it's, it's it doesn't. It it's um, it's convenient. <coughs> yeah, it's convenient for clearly, the MOD. Yeah. Yeah, he was clearly a thorn in their side at this point. And they're thinking, please shut the fuck up. Do we'd do anything for you to shut the fuck up? Mm. Maybe they did. But well, it sounds like they did. To be well, honest. Well, obviously, we'll go into more more details in a bit and. Uh, 
you know, I'll, we will just report the details as they were found, and um, you got to make up your own mind. Yeah. But it, but it is compelling. So at this point, we usually go into the early life details of whoever we're talking about, but it's not really needed in this case. No. But there is. I've got some information here on his education because um, it just shows how much of an esteemed guy that he actually was. He was an educated man. He had a doctorate in microbiology from Oxford University for a thesis titled The Replication of Some Iridescent Virus Cells in Small Cultures. No, right, okay. What the fuck's all that about? You know what I mean? In 1984, he joined the civil service working in what is now Porton Down as a head of the Defence Microbiology Division. Porton Down is a military science installation they make uh, or investigate many things among, amongst uh, biological and chemical weapons. They test stuff on animals. They actually grow weed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, because this is Robots for Rives, you've got to mention this one. Um, they uh, have at the installation, apparently, they've housed alien bodies and recovered UFO craft. Fuck. So it's, it's one of them places, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a, a secret, say, shady place. Um, or, you know, maybe not, depending on what you want to believe. But he worked there. So after leaving uh, Port and Down, he became an advisor to the MOD. He was involved in investigations into the Soviet violation of the 1972 Biological and Chemical Weapons Convention. He was a senior member of the inspection team that was sent out to the USSR to investigate our friends, the trustworthy Soviets. Back in the USSR. Yeah. Back in the USSR. You don't know how lucky you are. <laughs> Yeah, you don't know how lucky you are. I bet they did. What do you think of that, Ben? Could we be in your band? Yeah, come on, Ben. <laughs> Can we do that bit of hard- hardcore metal or whatever into it? It's not a bad tune, that, is it? How can you That's it, yeah? Do a, do a death metal version? Yeah, that might be quite good. <laughs> so he was um, he was like our go-to guy in these areas. We were sending him around the world, and he was uh, an authority. Uh, he had a very specialised area of expertise in very specific areas and installations. Uh, he had top-secret passes. He's just our guy, basically. He was knowledgeable and a sought-after person regarding bioweapons. He was an absolute authority, and people regarded him as one of the most distinguished arms inspectors in the Western world. Mm. So, due to his experience, he was selected to be a United Nations weapons inspector in the 1990s after the first Iraq war. He wasn't confined to the office or lab. He actually visited Iraq 37 times, and because of his work in this field and other areas... He actually got nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay. So w- this is the type yeah, of person yeah. we're talking yeah, about yeah. here. Yeah, he's not not a fucking bullshitter. No, he's um, a learned, esteemed guy. Yeah. Uh, a Nobel Peace Prize is, I mean, is that the highest accolade? I think it's it's got to be up there, isn't it? It's going to be, it probably is. I would say it probably is the highest accolade. So this is the, the guy we're talking about here. Yeah. A, 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 a guy nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. A doctor of various crazy subjects uh, and a scientist, an all-round decent guy. He was made as well. He was also, other than being nominated for that, he was he was made a companion of the Order of St. Michael and St. George in 1996. Now, that apparently is a group used to honour individuals who have gone above and beyond in relation to like Commonwealth or, or foreign, foreign nations. It's a very high honour. He was never a member of the intelligence services, but MI6 would regularly ask him for his opinion on Iraq and other issues that they thought he could could help with. Um, he was he was a religious man, but he picked a faith that, well, I'll explain. It was called the Baha'i faith. Uh, it's essentially an independent religion that teaches the really the um, 
the essential worth of all religions yeah uh, and the equality of all people so it sounds a bit like like a buddhist religion but it's not it's like it's just embrace everybody mm. everyone's got a right to believe what they want let's just all be friendly he's a decent and honorable man pursuing peace at all costs over war and as a scientist facts and truths were held at the highest level he valued human life and speaking the truth so much that it actually may have got him killed Mm. So he's a good guy. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. What well, if he's going for the Nobel Peace Prize? Well, he hasn't gone for it. He's been... Up. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. can't go for it. This year, I'm going to go for the Nobel Peace Prize. I'm going to crack at that prize yeah, next yeah. year. You watch. But yeah, you know, it kind of shows what sort of guy he is. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a one-off thing which has been an amazing thing to humanity. He's done lots of little things which have led up to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like like he invented penicillin or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's basically, his Nobel Peace Prize is knowledge and, and figuring out how to help people and out he, that way. Yeah. and he had Rather he, than find, making a pill or whatever. He's kind of rose to the top and prominence and people started to take note. Yeah. And, and, you know, he got where he got. Yeah. So, um, so what exactly was said about Iraq's weapons capabilities in the early 2000s? Now, the dossier was put together by intelligence agencies here in the UK and it was presented to the UK government spelling out a case for going to war the report was extremely important because it had to contain a hundred percent solid facts because it was a huge factor in deciding whether the invasion of Iraq should be authorized mm. it was all based on this on this dossier if the war was sanctioned everybody knew that millions of lives would end and, and Dr. Kelly also knew the importance and significant of the significance of this report's yeah. accuracy. Yeah. He knew a lot was at stake. He wasn't involved in writing the report, but because of his experience in various areas and being just a bad boy, he uh, he, he had kind been of did to his Iraq. own report in a way. Well, he didn't do his own report because he, he'd, he'd been to Iraq and he was just a, a, a guy in the in, know, in, yeah. what they did is they, they gave him sections of, of the of the dossier to, to proofread. Only the sections that contained um, uh, the history of like weapons inspections. He didn't, he only proofread them bits. So he didn't do read the whole document. Yeah. It was very compartmentalized. They only, I mean, it would be, it, they only gave him the parts to proofread that he needed to proofread. Yeah. And, but, but from that alone, you know, he, he could see that it wasn't right. But it sounds yeah. logical that, you know, if you, if you want to know how, what capabilities a country has, ask the experts. They're yeah, knowledgeable yeah. on this subject. Definitely, that's what they do. You know what I mean? So what were the politicians saying at the time? Well, Prime Minister Tony Blair said in Parliament in 2002, uh, this is what he said, he said, it is the case that if the only means of disarming Iraq of its weapons of mass destruction is removing the regime of Saddam, of Saddam Hussein, then removing the regime must be done. Iraq has chemical and biological weapons. Saddam continues to produce <coughs> them and don't has an existing and active military plans to use them and could do so in 45 minutes. Don't you think it's a bit mental, right, that they did all this to Iraq, but then you hear all this shit which has been going on for years and years and years about North Korea. And they kind of just go, don't do that, don't do that. And then they go, you're being naughty, rocket man, stop it. And that's all they do. And S they've got nuclear, proper nuclear weapons. So I've got a small, tiny, meaningless fact about Iraq. It's, it's got a shitload of oil. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, North Korea don't, does it? It's probably got fucking coal. I think coal is their main... Uh, um, 
extraction. If you know what I mean. Main export. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Well, Extraction the same, I suppose. Yeah. Digging out. Could dig out the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Iraq's got a lot of oil. Colin Powell, who was the uh, US Secretary of State at the time, said that Iraq was in direct material breach of weapons agreements and was violating UN policy. It was also putting itself in serious danger. He said there will be consequences. Meanwhile, MPs in the UK were pointing out that Iraq doesn't have weapons of mass destruction in the traditional sense because they have no delivery system. Mm. And also, the bioweapons agents that they did have back in the day were sold to them by the United States in the 1980s. And the UK government actually sanctioned the construction of biological and chemical weapons ammunitions in Iraq so it sounds like they've been eyed up for quite some time. Yeah. We gave them stuff and we sanctioned stuff. Yeah. And now we're having to go at them for ha- for allegedly having stuff that we gave them. <laughs> it's bollocks. It's, 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 it's ridiculous, isn't it? When you the look world's at it. Ma- mental. I mean, you hear things, you know, but these, the, just the Taliban and stuff, they've got like our guns. You know what I mean? We sold it to and Pakistan or whatever yeah. and then they've sold it on or we've sold it direct to them. You're thinking, what the... F- What's going you on? Know what I mean, and they're doing they're doing it while it's happening. It's not like they sold yeah. a load before before it all kicked off. Yeah, they yeah. do it while it's happening. So why was it so urgent that the UK and the USA, among other Allied forces, should take military action, disarming Iraq of a military capacity that they've had for twenty years, and in fact we helped make? Why was it so urgent all of a sudden to get rid of it? It's fucking nuts, isn't it? The thing is, we thought they had we because we gave them stuff. We assumed that they'd had it still. That, necess- that wasn't necessarily the case. Because Iraq, prior to the war, was, was doing absolutely nothing that would, would provoke a response. And in fact, they were letting weapons inspectors into the country. Dr. David Kelly was one of them. Yeah. The Iraqis were being cooperative with the UN, much to the annoyance of the UK and the US. It seemed Iraq could do nothing to stop our plan of invasion, which, by the way, appears to have been drafted out as far back as 1996, after the first war, by uh, by f- various people in America, Dick Cheney, amongst others. Yeah. Um, Hans Blix, head of the... Hans U- Brick. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> King John Un. Yeah. <laughs> um, Robbie's well, a fan it? of Team America. Team America. Oh, no, not Hans Bricks. Hans Bricks. Didn't he feed him to... No, it was... He fed him to some sharks. And they also was it Blix that got fed to the sharks yeah. in Team America? He's got, yeah, because the Bricks go... Uh, Bricks, bricks, whatever. He goes, um, he goes. Yeah, we're really angry. We're, we're gonna write you a letter of complaint. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they we're do. Is do any, we're not yeah, gonna do anything. Basically, yeah, we ain't doing fuck all. You're Just killing, you're killing people. We're gonna send you a letter to ask you to stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really think that's gonna work. <laughs> it's ridiculous, uh, isn't it? So yeah, Hans Blix, uh, the head of the um, UN's weapons inspections team, said that they found no evidence of weapons of mass destruction during the inspection visits in Iraq. And he actually said that the intel sources given the UK and the US information were poor and incorrect. He went on record saying that the UK was exaggerating the claims to justify the invasion. The head of the United Nations Weapons Inspections said that. Now, if that doesn't raise alarms, nothing will. I mean, who are you going to listen to? Fucking... The head of the guy, head of the organisation that you're sending in to find them is saying, you, you guys are making this up. It's fucking mental, isn't it? You guys are making it up, man. The thing is, it, it, it did raise alarms. It did. People were up in arms about it. Yeah. But, but old Tony Blair, he was apparently having none of it. I mean, in effect, the... Because U- he's a cunt. Seems like that. If, if 
if this is correct, if yeah. this is correct, he might be wrong. He might be exactly as Blair said. Who knows? I'm only saying that because I don't want to get shot. Because he's a cunt. <laughs> I mean, in effect, the UK and the US sent UN's, uh, UN weapons uh, experts into the inspection sites because they are the experts. And, w- and when they reported back that there was nothing there mounting to any type of threat, the governments were still pushing for war. Now, yep. that's what caused the public outcry at the time. The, the experts are saying, it's cool, man. Don't attack. Leave them alone. Yep. Yet the war machine was fucking marching on. Blick said Iraq was put in a tough position because they were being asked to declare if they had any weapons of mass destruction. He said they didn't declare any because they didn't have any. Yeah. That's why they well, were... How, how can you declare something you don't have? Well, yeah, they said that's why they were agreeing and being compliant with the UN. Yeah. Uh, that they probably thought that after the in, the weapons guys found fuck all, uh, the UK and the US would accept the findings and, le- and leave the country alone. Yeah. That's what they were hoping. <coughs> I mean, what what is the other option for Iraq? Admit that you've got weapons that you don't have. That <laughs> exactly, would 100% yeah, yeah. Percent elicit a violent military response. Yeah. I mean, it really would. Yeah, definitely, yeah. They were, they were sort of stuck when you when you look at it. They, they were kind of fucked. They were already staring down the barrel of a gun. when We were lining them up properly. They, they were fucked no matter what they did. Uh, it, they pinned all of their hope on letting the weapons inspectors do their job yeah. properly and be as transparent as they could. Hans Blick said after the war that after sending in a quarter of a million troops, they found nothing. How strange! I find that a f- f- that's <sighs> it's it's it's. I don't know how what the best word to describe it. It's kind of insulting to them because they've been basically they've been fisted. It's insulting to the people of Iraq. That's what I mean. It's yeah, insulting to the to our military guys who are mm. follow to following orders. Yeah, it's it's just they've been absolutely fisted. You know what I mean? They've been told to go in through a lie, basically. It's shocking. It, it, Just I mean, so they sho- can do what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's shocking. It, mm. it really is. I mean, it really opened my eyes. I knew a little bit, but after doing some research, I was like, you... F- I mean, if it's, if this is correct, yeah. you fuckers. Yeah. It's outrageous. But it it's emerged since that Blair had already agreed to commit the UK to the Iraq war. That was in 2002. All the troops, because he's already said it at this point. Yeah. He's already said to Bush, yeah, we're with you. And like in 2003, David Kelly and others are saying, bullshit. Yeah. Hans Blix is saying, bullshit. And all this all this truth was, was getting in the way of, of Tony Blair's agenda. So essentially, the Iraq dossier was in effect a fraudulent report endorsed by Downing Street and the UK government. Yeah. That's terrifying yeah why is it it makes you think though doesn't it as well not just for that situation but if it's a fraudulent document that they've made themselves how many have they made for any anything else you know it could be to do with businesses it could be do with you know um i don't know weapons like you know for them for themselves it could be um documents on on bombs that they have oh we've only got two of them we really got fucking 50 and everyone seems to just go okay the British, it's okay. Well, it's like they were trying to get rid of him. They were trying to invade because he had weapons of mass destruction. Yet we've got nukes and we've yeah. got weapons, and we're attacking him on a lie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we've got weapons. And it's we just, just wanted so him bad. out, didn't we? We just wanted him out. And like you say, there's a boatload of oil. In fact, there's a good fact about the, the oil that you were talking about earlier on. George Bush Senior, the first when they went did the first Gulf War, made them made um made them sign a treaty, right? that they cannot move or ship any of their oil out of their country. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Really? And, and Is that yeah, 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 that's really true. That? Yeah, basically part of the deal was mm. you can't sell oil. Keep You've it just there. got to keep it. And then fucking 30 years down the line or whatever it is, 
looking his sons in. Oh, what was that, Dad? Did you say, you know, we're oil tycoons. Did you say they've got to hold it? And there's shitloads there. Yeah. World leaders, man. Wankers, aren't they? It's not it's the people. It's the f- not people. It's it's just the few at the top. It just seems to be as well that it's more like a family business being a, a leader. Yeah. Of, even even in democracy, when you look at with America, you got obviously George Bush Junior, George Bush Senior, right? And you got okay, fair enough. Hillary Clinton didn't get it, but she was going for it. It was just trying to keep it in the family. That's what it's one of them things. Well, I suppose once you've got power of that, well, that I, could garan- I can guarantee in the future that one of Donald Trump's sons will be going for it. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. What? what I mean, I if had a dream he got killed the other day. I'm not saying whether that's good or bad. It was, it was and it was a complete accident as well. He just got mashed up. Did he? Yeah. In okay. a car crash, he got mashed up. If this happened, going along like the fucking um, the Diana thing. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. But well, it, was, it was a genuine car crash, and he he, he died. If if this happens, they're coming after you now. Yeah, they're gonna think you've done it. You remote viewed it. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it up. I'm um, psychic Rob, seeing to the future. <laughs> but it, but it is absolutely unbelievable when you think about it. All those troops that died, many civilians, children, and babies, people on all sides. Some people estimate that a million people died in this conflict on what amounts to basically a lie. Mm. It's it's awful. So you can see why Dr. David Kelly spoke to Gilligan about the report. It was all bollocks. So after the war, the Iraq uh, inquiry, um, Blair was asked why he did it, Mm. really. He said that he, he believed he was right. He said, I believed I was right and the intel was right. Well, fuck you, mate. Believing you're correct is not enough when approximately... A million people have been killed. You should exhaust every single peaceful avenue you've got before dropping bombs. Yeah. But you didn't. He said that he believed beyond any doubt that the intelligence was correct. Now, the response from the, the questioning panel in the Iraq inquiry was, okay, it was beyond your doubt, but it, is it beyond everyone's doubt? And apparently he just, yeah, just yeah, stumped him. He's mm. like, well... No, it's not beyond everyone's doubt. Yeah. But it's beyond mine, and I'm the guy in charge. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck you, mate. I don't the care. Wankers, the wankers, aren't they? Okay, so we painted a picture of what it was like at the time. Lots of pulling and pushing from all sides. And then Kelly was questioned by the MPs. And two days later, he was found dead. Now, the theory is, is quite obvious that he was killed to silence him and possibly make an example to anyone else thinking of doing the same thing. I mean, Dr. Kelly was he was really in the public eye at this point. You know, he was in the press on the news, it was talked about everywhere, and the last thing the government needed after starting a war was a shitload of weapons inspectors and experts going public with information showing yeah, that f- the war was... F- fucking up the whole country. Yeah, based on yeah. a fabrication. Uh, it's, you know, th- it would have led to war crimes. Mm. This, is, se- yeah, this yeah. is serious That's stuff. That's probably why, though, you know, because Blair, he needs to get done for war crimes, he does. And, and I think everyone... Knows it. Everyone knows it. Now they do. And he seems to be like... he's. Because he's got so much fucking money and he does all... What's that fucking bollocks with him becoming Asia's fucking um, di- um, peace man? What he he was, was straight he was after. What a what a cunt. He was the Middle East peace envoy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's fucking outrageous. How angry would you be if you were like people from yeah. Iraq and you heard that? You'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. About 10 minutes ago, he was coming in bombing the fuck out of us. Yeah. And now he's the peace and envoy. And killing our leader. And now he's, now he's the peace envoy. Of the f- after the whole region how, is disabled. How could he take that job? Money, well, because it? because he was because I think well, it, I also heard a, f- a few things about that. the reason why I took it is 
because he's the CEO on a load of boards. Of course, mate. Uh, phone, um, phone companies, um, banks, and all that. Right? There was one. I can't remember what company it was. Some phone company, and he managed to get um, between Gaza and Israel. Right? We haven't had phone lines between each other for so long. He managed to get some network set up, which was funny enough that the company he was a CEO. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, th- and the banks as well. And you're thinking, fucking stop being a dirty little bastard. This is how it works. Yeah. And also becoming a Middle East peace envoy, uh, it, it adds credence to your argument that you were trying to free and liberate people mm. because possibly you knew that it was a lie and that, that people were looking at you under a microscope. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, I didn't want that. Look, I'm, I'm here for peace. I'm a UN peace guy. Shut the fuck up, mate. Mm. Shut the fuck up. We've got all the documents. We know. You fucking liar. Yeah. So is there any evidence that indicates that Dr. Ke- Dr. Kelly's death was an assassination or a murder rather than a suicide? Because that's essentially what we're, we're getting at. Well, yes, there is. The Hutton Inquiry uh, was set up the day after Dr. Kelly's death to investigate what the fuck had happened. Just another little tidbit of information. Uh, the Hutton Inquiry was set up by Tony Blair and the Labour <laughs> Party. <laughs> they appointed. It just gets more funny. Yeah, it's it like shaded. a fucking joke. They appointed Hutton. It's convenient to appoint your mate as the dude doing the inquiry yeah, into your wrongdoings. Fucking ridiculous, isn't it? There was also the Iraq Inquiry that looked into the whole situation. Uh, these inquiries were a big deal and a, a, you know a good chance for the public to see and find out what the truth. So, um, on the day he died, Dr. David Kelly, he took a phone call in the mid-afternoon. We don't know who called him, but but he took a call. He left the house at around 3.20pm, so 3.20 in the afternoon, apparently to go for a walk. He said he was going out to stretch his legs. He was gone for nine hours before being reported missing. So, who called him on the phone straight Mm. away? Yeah. Did that, did that, That did it summon him out? Yeah, but was it basically, yeah, yeah, what, what was... What was what was the conversation? We'll never know, unfortunately, unless somebody does know and they say. But it has to be the person on the other end of the it's phone. It's not going to be a nice one, is it? I don't know. It could have been. It could have been innocent, but it's just a fact in the events well, that it, led up to his death. It's funny the way they, 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 they don't know who you know. They can listen to any phone call and go back on phone calls and whatever. Two thousand three, then, then. Yeah, but still, they still yeah. doing shit then. Yeah, yeah, and, of course. And Geezer was such in the know. He's probably had his lines tapped anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, mate, why, why don't they know who it is? There's strong, you know reason, I mean? there's strong reason to believe that he was under surveillance at the time. Yeah, uh, wouldn't surprise me at all because he's, you know, it's big, it's big thing. Well, the day before he died, MI5 interrogated him on what he knew in um in a safe house, uh, and it, it, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it really does. I mean, he's saying some fucking. He's not saying next level shit, but he's saying next level shit. Yeah, yeah. He's he's basically putting the country's um, reputation to doubt. Well, well. After his body was found, the police did something really strange. Apparently, they when they went into his house, they started ripping the wallpaper off the walls. What? They think that it could be they were looking for bugs. So it get it's get you can see how like the rabbit hole we're going down. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was interrogated the day before he died. He was questioned by MPs. The wallpapers off the wall. Yeah. Is this normal protocol when someone dies? It Sorry, is mate. You, you, your husband's dead. Um, just needs to come and rip some wallpaper off your it wall. Is, it is when your guy's a global authority on weapons and he's saying the government are lying and, and killing millions mm. of people it, and it, on a lie and you're getting interrogated by MPs, MI5, and you find, you're found dead. Yeah, oh, yeah they're going to rip the walls apart mm. then. They'll do everything it's they need. fucking mental, isn't it? Well, yeah, we're looking for bugs. Um, the day he died, he emailed a friend, uh, an American author called Judith Miller. 
In the email, he states that there were, his words, many dark actors playing games. That's in the email. You can read it. It's as clear as day. What did he mean? I don't know. What do you think he mean? Well, there's obviously a lot of people, higher people, are just turning a page and put right in their own mm. note and changing it. Yeah. yeah. Changing it to how they want it. He he even That's told he even told his family members that he thought his body was going to be found in the woods. Okay, that's shady. Yeah, that's a strange thing to say, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, especially why would you say that if you if you're going to kill yourself, right? Why would you say something like that anyway? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense, does it? I'm just, I'm just you wouldn't have said facts. anything like that, would you? Well, imagine hearing a family member say something like that when they've done nothing wrong. And and being under the pressure he's on under and and saying the stuff he's saying and who he's saying it to he's saying this stuff to people who start wars yeah. they're very very powerful people he was also working on a tell all book around the around the time of his death on weapons of mass destruction the problem is a lot of this stuff the stuff he was talking about and saying it would have been top secret and it probably pissed a lot of people up at the top. Now, I find this one suspicious. The police seem to know more than they are saying. This is very telling. The official investigation into Dr. David Kelly's death, called Operation Mason, was in fact opened before he was even reported missing. Now, okay. that is fact. So, but okay. So, okay. So, they basically had it set up yeah. before we actually went missing. Yeah. It's as if they knew there was something up with him. It's as if they knew he was missing before anyone else yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking... Uh, when pressed under freedom of information request, they s- the police simply say, we don't have to give you any documents, which is... I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, a police helicopter was used in the search. Um, as sort of standard, per the norm, it used thermal imaging cameras and searched the area where he was actually found, but it didn't find him. I mean, okay, he may have been dead at yeah, this time, few hours, yeah, and he might have been cold. Down, yeah. he couldn't, he might not have picked up on his heat signature. But apparently, the helicopter was flying over the area at the time that the coroner gave of his death at around three a.m. So he was either alive or very close to death, yeah. or dead, but not very dead. And the he was still warm. Already the coroner said, said he was dead at three a.m. and the helicopter was flying over at three a.m. So, so you yeah, should have seen be warm, him. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't imagine it. When you die, I can't imagine it being an hour or two for your body to cool down a bit. It's longer than that. Yeah, it is, yeah. They'll pick up on really minute heat changes. So if it didn't see him at three o'clock in the morning when it was flying over, does that indicate that he may have died somewhere else and was moved to that location because the helicopter says that he wasn't there? Possibly, yeah. There's another thing. He left the house at 3.20pm, but the time of death is stated at around 3am. Where was he for nearly 12 hours? The pub. <laughs> An unknown helicopter landed at the scene uh, before promptly departing. Now, freedom of information requests submitted to gain knowledge on this helicopter are, are heavily censored. Uh, we don't know who was on board, and we don't know why it briefly landed at the scene before taking off again. Now, rep- the police have refused to comment on what the helicopter was doing. The thing is, if the purpose of this helicopter flight was completely innocent, y- you've got to ask, why are you keeping it secret? Yeah. We we do have the flight log. Now, according to the flight log, the helicopter, which had been hired by Thames Valley Police, landed at Harrowdown Hill in Oxfordshire at 10.55 on July the 18th. That's 90 minutes after Kelly's body was found by the search team. The purpose of the flight and then who was on board 
have not been established. The details are gone. So we simply don't know what that helicopter was doing. Yeah. We don't know why it was there. Yeah, it was like odd. It's like the fucking one we did last week. Just one random things in the fucking yeah. woods. Yeah, yeah. But the only thing that Roz is saying about that is we have given, as a police force, all the evidence we have to the relevant people. There is nothing more to say. In other words, fuck off. We've yeah. given we've given all our information. Yeah, we spoke to who we want to. To Hutton. You know, yeah. Blair's mate. He's got all the details. If you want to know what happened, speak to him. He'll tell you in the official inquiry. I don't know, mate. But this is how his body was found. His body was found at 9am by Louise Holmes and Paul Chapman. They were search volunteers. Now, Louise Holmes went on record at the Hutton Inquiry uh, saying that he was at the base of a tree with almost his head and his shoulders slumped against it. So what she's sort of describing is she's, his, uh, his shoulders and his head. Are, yeah, yeah. His body's pretty much laying flat. Yeah. She described him just touching it with his head and his shoulders. But by the time the police officers arrived, Kelly's body had changed position. It had been moved quite a considerable distance as well. Now, we know this to be fact. A police officer, PC Sawyer, arrived first. He also had two paramedics with him because they know that there's a... You know, we found yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. We need to get someone out. One of the paramedics, uh, Dave Bartlett, described the scene. This is what he said. He said he was lying flat out some distance from the tree line. Okay, he, so his, his head's not on the tree he now. He definitely yeah. wasn't leaning against it. That's what he said. Yeah, he was yeah. moved away from the tree line. Now this this is important that they write this down because this is a paramedic's report. On yeah, a, on they, they don't lie. They're not meant to lie. There's no need to him. No. To lie. It's just a person in the woods. He yeah, doesn't know what the dead, fuck's going dead on. dead person, yeah. We've got to explain why, why, where, the situation we found him in. So he was found against the tree, but when everyone gets there, he's not against the tree. He's so far away from the tree that Bartlett was able to even get behind David Kelly and check for signs of life. Now, you can't get behind someone who slumped against the tree. No. His body had clearly been moved a considerable distance, but the question is, who moved him and, and for why? what yeah. reason? Yeah. He were told by the Hutton Inquiry that he killed himself by cutting his wrists. The pathologist who carried out the post-mortem tests on Dr. David Kelly stated that he'd only cut one blood vessel in his wrist. Apparently, the arteries in the wrist are very thin. I've got to take their words for this here because I haven't got a fucking clue. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, they're very thin, and cutting one of them, only one of them, would not lead to any amount of life-threatening blood loss. Yeah. Especially if it's cross, uh, cut uh, crossways, which is what Dr. David Kelly did, rather than lengthways. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at your left, if you look at your left hand, what he's done is he's gone he's across. Gone from his, yeah. Instead of up, yeah. If you go up the vein, obviously you've got more. Coming out then because it's bigger it. gap, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got uh, if you cut it across, you've only got the width of the vein which is bleeding, but if you cut lengthways, you're splitting it over two or three inches, yeah. That's the way that people bleed out. Uh, but the archery, apparently, if you cut it crossways, will just, just retract and stop bleeding. It wouldn't have resulted in death unless you were a haemophiliac, which he wasn't, so he's not going to just no, bleed to, yeah. yeah, he's not gonna. A number of doctors wrote letters to various outlets following the suicide verdict, and one stated that he'd never seen a death occur from the runes reported in the inquiry, and that the inquiry's findings uh, and injuries would not result in a fatality, right? So she can't die from that unless something really untoward is happening. Yeah, unless, like you, you've, like you say, haemophiliac or something, yeah, or, yeah. which he wasn't. So Yeah. Uh, a wrist expert, Dr. Bill McQuillan, he's dealt with many, many hundreds of injuries, uh, you know, on arms and wrists. He said, I have never seen a single death from somebody cutting an artery in this way. Mm. This is an expert yeah. saying this. Now, Dr. Kelly, as a scientist, a clever guy, as we said before, he would have known that 
the, the correct way to kill yourself if you're going to slash your wrists is cut lengthwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't have done just cut one artery. He would have done it properly. Uh, another thing about suicide, suicide by um, cutting your wrist is you die from from blood loss. Apparently, you have to lose 50%, approximately 50% of your blood. That equates to about five pints of ru- of uh, blood. That's a lot. Imagine of seeing that, doing that and seeing that and just waiting for it. Well, yeah. <sighs> but horrible, the, that would. This is where it gets shady. The pathologist said that Dr. Kelly's blood, uh, body was showing signs of liver mortis, L-I-V-O-R, live or liver mortis. This occurs after death um, when your heart stops beating. Uh, now, without gravity pumping the, your blood around your body, uh, sorry, without, without the, uh, your heart pumping the blood mm, around yeah, your yeah. body, gravity will take, because your blood's a liquid, no, yeah, it just, uh, and drop, it just, yeah. just pull it down to the lowest points of, of your body, or just gravity will pull it down, uh, you know, your ass on your fucking legs and your lower back or whatever, it'll just start to go like a, a weird, bruisey, purpley colour. But that does not happen if you've lost half of your blood, mm. but yet the pathologist reported that it was there. And another thing that's not easy to explain is if we are believed he bled out as per the findings, there should be approximately five pints of blood around the area. on or around his body. Now, the search teams who found him didn't even notice that he'd cut his wrist. Oh. These are in the reports. Yeah. They we didn't even know he'd cut his wrist. He was just lying there. One of the paramedics, Dave Bartley, we mentioned earlier, he said in the medical report that there was very little blood al- blood around his body. He said, I've seen more blood at a nosebleed than I saw there. Mm. Vanessa Hunt, the other paramedic on the scene, said there was a small patch of blood on his right knee, uh, but no no artery bleeding. There was no spraying of blood, no huge blood loss or, or, or obvious loss of blood on his clothing. It should have been squirting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would be everywhere. It would look like a horrible murder scene, it wouldn't it? Sh- it should have been... Five s- pints of it. Yeah. No matter if it's got grass around you or anything, you're going to go, what? You're going to see it all it's still. It's half a bucket of blood. Yeah, you, the first thing you're going to do, if you turned up to that, you're going to go, fuck me, what's happened here? Where's the where's the wound? And if they didn't even notice it, you know what I mean? And didn't even think They didn't think... It, he just looked like yeah, he was sl- yeah, yeah. asleep at the bottom of a yeah. tree. It wasn't the case that the gra- it was covered in blood. Nothing was. The paramedics who attended the scene were so confused by the inquiry's findings that they went to the press. They actually just went, fuck this. Yeah, we're going to, yeah. This ain't right. Yeah, something dodgy going that on. That was yeah. not the scene of, uh, of a suicide <coughs> by wrist cutting. They just smelt bullshit. So did he die? Did he slit his wrists, basically? Okay, so if, you, if we're saying that there was no blood at the scene, or very, very little, nothing that would equate to, de- equate to death by blood loss, did he... Slashes. I mean, we've got to look at it as as go with the findings. It was suicide, so that means if there was nothing at the scene, that he must have slashed his wrist somewhere else and walked to that tree and sat down and died. Mm. I find that fucking ridiculous. No. I think I, th- I don't think he'd carry on walking. Or does it indicate that he may have died somewhere else, as we said before, and moved to that location? Did that helicopter that landed in the field that no one knows fuck all about but you clearly saw, did that any have anything to do with it? It might do, yeah. Didn't think about that. Yeah, exactly. It, t- it gets shady. It's this shit that wasn't sort of being reported. That, you know, it was mystery helicopters landing in feet. I mean, come on, man. Mm. It's, it's like they've done him somewhere else completely and just put him there. Well, it, it, it fits. If they're saying there was no blood and yet he's lost half his blood... Yeah. Then he didn't lose it where he died. And if he's under surveillance and he did actually say, I'm just going out for a walk, yeah. they'd go, oh, we know we know he's going out for a walk. This is the time to do him. We, a, day we, be, you know, a couple of days after, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, 
that's what I mean. What was that call about? What was that phone call? Yeah. Was it? A, was it summoning a spoof? A summoning? Was it a spoof call to get him out of the house? Could have been. So they could do it. You know what I mean? We are told as long uh, as as well as cutting his wrists, he also took an overdose. More specifically, he apparently swallowed twenty nine half inch long coproximal painkillers. His wife has taken him for uh, arthritis, I believe. They found the empty pill packets at the scene. Now tests were carried out on his body, obviously, uh, and it showed that less than one coproximal tablet was found in his stomach, which is nowhere near obviously, no, obviously nowhere yeah. near a fatal dose. <coughs> Now, f- friends have come forward saying that he wasn't fan of taking pills to the point that he wouldn't even take it for headache medication. Yeah. He just wasn't a fan of it. Also, the police report stated that half a litre bottle of uh, water was found next to his body, completely untouched. Now, how the fuck can you swallow 29 half-inch long pills without using water? Yeah. You could swallow five, maybe. I could. You could get f- half-inch, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Nearly 30. No, no way. An interesting side note is his mother um, also killed herself when she was 20 years old from an overdose. According to family members, they said it's unlikely knowing how much this affected him that he would he would do the same. Uh, a friend even asked him if he'd ever contemplated suicide. And his response, this is what he said, he said, Good God, no, I could never imagine doing that. I would never do it. Mm. Just a bit shady, isn't it? Yeah. Another interesting tidbit of info is that Kelly had fractured his left elbow that year and was having difficulty cutting food due to like mobility issues. Uh, and experts say it's unlikely that he was would have been able to cut... The knife was blunt as well. It's unlikely that he'd been able to cut his, his wrist with, with a blunt knife. Now, I don't know about that. If, you, if you're going to kill yourself and you've got adrenaline pumping through your body, knowing that your life is about to end... Whether you've got a, an arm that hurts a little bit or not, yeah, I don't think you'd notice, you know. You'll yeah. just go through it. You're about to die. Yeah, you want you know to right? die, and you're about to die. The adrenaline yeah, is pumping. Yeah. Uh, the report, uh, the autopsy report, um, at the at the inquiry also revealed that there were scuffs, cuts, and abrasions on various parts of Dr. Kelly's body. Was he staggering around? This is what the implication is. Was he staggering around before slumping against the tree? Or are the abra- abrasions sign of a struggle? Mm, yeah, like, like they've grabbed him. Was he fighting for his life? These findings, bizarrely, were not discussed fully at the Hutton Inquiry. Weird, weird that is. So, if you cut your... Uh, I don't know. Uh, if you're going to cut your wrist, I would imagine that you're just going to sit down and do it. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not in that frame of mind, so I don't know. It's unlikely that you'd do it and then just carry on walking around, no, falling you'd over. You'd just sit down, wouldn't you, and do it? And then that'd be it. You'd just sit there and go, right, come on, in. take me, cruel world, wouldn't you? <laughs> what you'd be like, would you? <laughs> and if you and if you were walking around, scra- falling over and scratching your knees, as stated was the reason for the abrasions. Where's all the blood from the bleeding yeah. out? Yeah, well, there'd be a path if it's if it's meant to be five pints of it, and he cut himself and walked along. You'd there'd be a, it'd be like a path. Yeah, it would be. Especially cutting through an artery, it comes out you're like a fucking yeah, but it like pours a out. hose pipe. You it's know, literally I mean? being pumped out of your body yeah. by your heart. Yeah, that's why it's dangerous. So and they did another odd thing. Um, it was a, the the inquiry, the Hutton inquiry, immediately shut down the coroner's inquest, which is a fucking bizarre thing for an inquiry to do, which has been set up for the sole purpose of investigating it mm. to shut it down. We don't want you to research this anymore. Yeah, Stop that, looking yeah. into it. We're in charge. The Hutton Inquiry did some really odd things, like not calling the police officer who was head of the investigation. Why would you do that? 
Yeah. Why wouldn't you Why call? Wouldn't, yeah, the main man, yeah. He would think he'd feature a lot. He'd, yeah, he'd be probably one of the first people to be called. Also, Lord Hutton didn't ask or press many questions into the mysterious helicopter's flight log being so heavily edited. Yeah. He didn't really care about that. Mm, do you know, obviously. Cause Fine. Because it happens all the time, mate, that's why. And he also <laughs> failed to question why no fingerprints were recovered from David Kelly's knife, the suicide knife, uh, and the pack of pills that apparently he took with him, all from a mobile phone that was next to his body, and the bottle of water. They all had nothing on them, no fingerprints, zero. How can a man who's just going off into the woods to kill himself with his phone, a packet of pills, a mobile phone... A knife. Yeah. How could he use them? And not have any evidence. Not, not have any yeah. fingerprints on them. Leave them by his body completely clean. You're not wiping things down. And also, he's cut, he's cut his wrist and there's no blood. Mm. It doesn't... It doesn't make sense, does it? It really doesn't make sense. Well, maybe in the police's, police eyes that it was c- clearly a suicide and they didn't bother taking prints. Well, no. You don't... I think they'd still do... Especially with someone who's so in the paper and so, you know, up there at the moment in in the whole of the UK, he was probably the most talked about thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, he was at the there's, time. There's no doubt that if, if in my case, if, if that was, if I was in charge of that and I didn't know anything of this shit was going on and if I found Dr. David Kelly dead, I'd be like, right, let's shut the whole area down. We're going to do everything, test up, we're going to do every test we can because this man is highly important at the moment and Massively, he's dead. And yeah. he's dead, you know what I mean? Two days after speaking yeah. to the guys that... Yeah, he's dead now. He's, you know what I mean? So you do as much as you can to find out what actually happens. Exactly. No matter if he killed himself or not. You shut, know what I mean? Shut the area down. Yeah, you would. Lockdown. Well, if he killed himself, how did family members report his state of mind? They say that he, he just wasn't suicidal. But that's common with suicides. People that kill themselves. I mean, there are some instances. That's true. Sometimes you hear people, don't you? Know, You're such a nice person. Uh, Wasn't expecting Laughed it. all the time, always a smile on his face, and then. Yep. <coughs> mm. Can happen. He uh, he sent emails the day he died, and one of them was to uh, was a reply to a friend who was asking him, obviously knowing how much stress he was under, asking him how he was. Um, <coughs> this is he sent this th- the day he died. He said, um, "Yeah, m- many thanks for your thoughts. It's been difficult, and hopefully it will all blow over by the end of the week, and I can travel back to Baghdad and get on with the real work." Real work. Yeah, so he's just he's thinking ahead, like about carrying on working and stuff. And yeah, yeah, he's not even. He's wh- not next why week. would you mention that if you know what I mean? If if you're thinking, do you know what? Because he. If, he would have known at that point if he was going to kill himself that he was going to kill himself. Yeah. He's going, yeah, it's all right. Don't worry. You know what I mean? That's probably all he would have said. He wouldn't have said going on about that. So when, when all was said and done, the Hutton Inquiry cleared the government of all wrongdoing. They didn't do anything wrong. The British public really didn't believe the verdict that Lord Hutton came to and they and they criticised it from from everywhere. The British press had their go, the news, everybody was having a go. Several newspapers judged the report to be so uncritical of the government, they actually accused Hutton of participating in an establishment whitewash, in a lie. They said, mate, you're fucking, that's so one-sided. You're clearly working for them. Yeah, yeah. Are you nuts? What about this helicopter? Yeah. What about no fucking fingerprints? What about the lack of blood? No blood, yeah. Listen to the experts who was there, There's the paramedics. There's only one in the stomach, which wouldn't have killed him, you know what I mean? It's fucking nuts, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really surprised at that verdict. I suppose that's what you get when <coughs> the inquiry into a death is set up by the people who are believed to have done it. Turkeys ain't going to vote for Christmas, are they? No, no, that's right. Yeah. It could be that they just got their guy in. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't fucking, who can we get in? Yeah. Fucking hell, Tom, you've killed someone. Get Robin, it'll be right. He went yeah. fucking, he'll, he'll, he'll smooth over this. I'll get away with it. Just mm. you watch. It's fucking dodgy as fuck, isn't it? Well, the Hutton Inquiry concluded that, this is the official c- conclusion. They said that he died after cutting his arteries in his wrist. He had taken an overdose of painkillers and, and he also had heart disease, which left his arteries significantly narrowed. Thus, said experts, less blood loss may have killed the scientists than needed to kill a healthier man. Mm. How convenient. Yeah, it's funny that is, isn't it? Could be the truth. Could be, but there seems to be a lot of different things going on, doesn't there? Which what? makes you think, hang on, this is a bit funny. They killed a, a a million people in Iraq. Is it a stretch to think that they'd kill one more person who's English, yeah. who who knows? When, when what's you think going of on. it like that and put it in the big picture, it's like what? No, they just throw bombs around willy nilly at fucking people. Sometimes mm. they really do. Zero in on a mobile phone signal, just bomb the phones without any regard of who's around it. Yeah, and you're thinking that they wouldn't kill one dude in a field. And of course they fucking, course would. They fucking would. Andrew Gilligan totally agreed with the verdict, which is unsurprising. I mean, if you let Kelly's name out and he ended up dead yeah I suppose you'd better keep your mouth shut and toe the line or, or maybe he simply agreed and said yeah he, he did kill himself maybe you believe the verdict well smelling lies coming from the government the Iraq inquiry was set up now that was uh, it's also referred to as the Chilcot inquiry uh, yeah. after Sir John Chilcot it was a public inquiry into the nation's role in the Iraq war the inquiry was announced in 2009 by everyone's favourite Prime Minister Gordon Brown uh, and it was published in 2016. Now, John Chilcott, Sir John Chilcott, announced that the report's publication, he said it would, it, the, the findings basically came out seven years after the inquiry was announced. It took that long. The documents stated that Saddam Hussein did not pose any urgent threat to, to the British interests. The intelligence regarding weapons of mass destruction was presented with unwarranted uncertainty and that peaceful alternatives to war had not been exhausted, that the UK and the United States had undermined the authority of the United Nations Security Council, and that the process of identifying the legal basis for war was far from satisfactory, Mm. and the war in 2003 was unnecessary. Now, that is what they found out. So it's unnecessary. So who's responsible? You're saying that it didn't need to happen, but it did. Tony Blair had deliberately bent the truth. They deceive the nation. That's Chilcott's words. Yeah. Not ours. That's the inquiry. Because yeah, blo- yeah, they were saying about um, trying to get him done, weren't they? And then something propped up again, like, not was it not too long ago, actually. Mm. And then he just went, oh, we can't do him. Yeah, that was, he's God. You know what I mean? It's just like, what? He's chief on our side. You can't do that. Just Fucking let him go. It's a piss take that the Iraq inquiry said these damning things. It, the funny thing is, when he's dead... That's when they'll go, yeah, we, we should have done him for war crimes. Yeah, it's, it's a, a bit a fucking late now. Yeah, what about them people that died? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit fucking late now, isn't it? You know what I mean? Who, who are you going to do? No one? Well, he should. He's he should. Re- I mean, it does. it's probably enough to warrant a trial, but instead, what happened? Instead of going to court, Tony Blair became the Middle East peace envoy. Piss, are you taking piss, the absolute piss? Proper piss take, that is. Proper. You know what I mean? If I was in his boots and done something dodgy, right, in Iraq and all that, the last thing I would do as a job would be be that one. Yeah, I'd be like this. That that might be pushing it. Well, it a makes bit you too look good, though, doesn't it? It makes you well. Yeah, but it, it looks like you're pushing too far to me. It it's looks like you're trying too hard. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh, it's like Ted Bundy being like a rape counsellor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
so, crazy. So with Iraqi forces destroyed, we had open access to weapons facilities. We could literally just walk in unaided and inspectors found nothing, nothing that would indicate a 45-minute claim was factual, in essence confirming what Kelly had said. In fact, we found that it was pure fabrication designed to deceive the public and was a lie to justify the invasion that would ultimately leave the country totally destroyed and possibly millions dead. The entire region was a mess and is totally destabilised even to this day. The removal of Saddam effectively allowed ISIS to form. It was a clusterfuck and Tony Blair became Middle East peace envoy. And if that's not taking the piss, I don't know what is. No. So un- under Saddam, the country operated, businesses were open, roads were good, infrastructure was in place, hospitals were functioning. After we freed and liberated the people... Uh, the people of Iraq and the country were f- completely fucked. We wrecked the place and left it in tatters. Mm. You can't claim that it's anything other than fucked. The people, well, as far as we're concerned, the people are free now. There you go. You're free. Yeah. We've won. And now, but the thing is, you've got all these insurgent things propping up there and it's really fucking dodgy, isn't it? got to live with ISIS. Yeah. yeah. Fucking nuts. I'm not bashing the armed forces. Like we said. No way am I bashing the no, armed forces. No, it's not their fault. Mega respect, It's man. the people at the fucking top, which... Uh, Need fucking sorting out. Yeah, th- th- you're follow- the liars. Yeah, it, you're fo- you're you're acting in in the way that you do, based on you're, you're doing what you need to do based on the orders given to you by your commanders. And if they say, "Listen, that dude over there, he's going to nuke us. We've got to go over and stop him." You, we are we employ them guys to make them decisions. They are the best guys to make the decisions. And if they say he's got a nuke, he's going to chuck it, or he's got a weapon, and we've got to stop him, then we've got to stop him. Mm. But it's when them fuckers lie, and when they deceive, that's where problems start to yeah. occur. Because we have people flying over in jets, bombing installations, and and they're they're the ones doing the dirty work, and then they find out that what they did was based on a lie, that they mm. didn't need to do it. It you know. It's fucking... It's not fair, man. No, it's not fair at all. So so was Dr. David Kelly assassinated or murdered? You've you got to do your own research, come to your own conclusion. You just have to remember that the, the dossier, which everything was based on, the justification, was, was a lie. It was fabricated and twisted to suit. Over a million innocent people were killed in the war. It's not a stretch of imagination to think that David Kelly was another one. Yeah. It's not, is it? No, it's not at all. It's... Why, why, you know, like you say, if they've killed a million people, uh, one English person to go missing because they've got something to to help the million people being killed for no reason. Of course, I'm, I imagine if there's a hundred people saying that, they'd all be dead. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose you've got to go with what the uh, the expensive inquiries verdict is. Mm, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's fucking right. bollocks, that is, isn't it? It seems that way. It does seem that way, uh, which is a real shame because, uh, you know, what what if if what Blair did, if if this is true, and it's an if, then if you're in another country, how would you view the UK now? How would you view the US? You'd view them as liars that bend the truth, fabricate documents to get to what they want. Yeah. Could you imagine, can you look at it the other way around, you imagine if Saddam Hussein was saying, oh, the UK have got weapons that could hit us in 45 minutes, which we do, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and um, we've got to go in and stop them. Imagine if we didn't have any of them weapons and he came over and fucked us up, destroyed the country, exactly. killed everybody, destroyed the infrastructure, and went, there you go, you're free. See you in a bit. Yeah. He'd be like, you fuckers. Yeah, just, just fucked you up, up completely. Pump, probably pumped all the oil out. 
and then uh, went, there you go, it's yours now. It's such a bad thing because th- the only people at fault are the leaders here. Yeah, the people high up, the ones. There was obviously a, an initiative for them to. I don't know if there it's was money, a a money thing or what. I don't know, but there's definitely something which uh, they wanted rather than uh, needed. You know what I mean? Yeah, they knew they were bulletproof, and they wanted to do it. Yeah, so they fucking did, and they didn't care how public it was. And if you said anything, then uh, you'll just kill yourself under a tree somewhere. Tree. Yeah, and then we'll fly helicopters in, and we'll just pretend that we didn't. And when you catch us, we just won't tell you. We yeah. just go, no, nah, I'm not telling you. Things like that, man, it does happen. It's so shady. It th- things like that do happen. Whether it happened in this case or not, I don't know. Make up your own mind. But it's shady. It's shady as fuck. Shall we wrap up an episode there? Yeah, man. Probably around the hour and 17 minutes. Like as, y- as usual. Like we're, we're quite good at that, aren't we, for some reason? Pretty much, yeah. Well, we don't even really plan it to be like no. that. It just just happens, doesn't it? It just happens that because we're professionals. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. True season Um So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, it's a good one. Tony Blair, if you're listening, don't kill me, please. Um, I no, believe you. No, you, you won't die. You, he won't kill you, Tom. He will. You'll kill yourself under a tree somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so if I d- if I kill myself, everybody, I'm not killing myself, all right? Yeah, we all know. People so. have said that, and then people have been under surveillance and said, if I die, I'm just letting you know I'm not I'm not suicidal. Yeah, and yeah. Then two days later, they're dead. Dead, yeah, yeah. Oh, like dead bodies. Mm. He shot himself in the back of the head three times. Yeah. <laughs> and buried himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so on that note, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, robotsforeyes at gmail.com. Let us know your stories. If you've got a haunted pencil case, let us know. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twat bag and everywhere else. Yeah, just type it in Google Robots for Eyes and it will just prop up. And I will probably start soon, like I say, on the eBay thing, um, putting the t-shirts on. Cool. Um, so it it just makes it easier because yeah. otherwise we're constantly sending messages to each other, yeah. which is fine. But when you're getting quite a lot of people talking to you, it's, it starts getting a bit out of control, doesn't it? it Do you know yeah. what I mean? You, you, you miss people. Yeah. With the best will in the world, sometimes yeah. we just miss people. So on at least on eBay, it you know as soon as you buy it, it comes up with an address. And it props up on my phone, and then we can just send it out to you, sort of thing. So we'll get that sorted. And um, other than that, I think uh, that's, that's fucking yeah. wrapping it. Yeah. Rock and roll. See Rock you next week, freaks. Roll. See you later, everyone. <laughs>